Today is Thursday, February the 23rd, 2023, and it's a great day to have a day here on the Spurs Up show, the best Gamecocks podcast on the internet. On today's show, South Carolina suffers a heartbreaker at Colonial Life Arena as the Gamecocks fall to Alabama by a final score of 78 to 76 in overtime. Guys, I'll give my full thoughts, my takeaways. Also talk player of the game and what's next for Lamont Paris's squad as well. Also, the Yardcocks returned to action this weekend, and we're breaking it all down as the Penn Quakers come to town for a three-game series at Founders Park. Guys, I'll break down the weekend in its entirety. First things first, we'll start with Penn. They're pitching, they're hitting. Also, of course, moving to the Yardcocks, their starting rotation, what to watch for, key player for the weekend, and I will lock in my prediction as well. Guys, got a packed show for you here on this Thursday, and of course, as always, it's brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go down the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use that promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Guys, Prize Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. Here's how it works you pick two to six players, and you can win to 10 times on any entry. Prize Picks has no sharks optimizers, or mass multi-entry guys. It's literally just you against the projection. They also allow mixed sport entries. For example, you can take the over on LeBron, partly with the under on Mahomes. They've got college sports, pro sports, anything and everything you can think of, they've got it over at Price Picks. They've also got a slick, easy-to-use mobile app, both in the App Store and Google Play, and they're rated 4.8 stars in the App Store with rave reviews. Guys, so many fans and listeners of the Spurs Up show have made tons of money with our friends at Price Picks, and you should as well. So again, go down the Price Picks app, or go to pricepicks.com, and when you do, use the promo code TS. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. U.S. to receive 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it.
Foxes and Gamecocks Athletics breaking our hearts on what feels like a daily basis. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, happy Thursday. Hope you're all doing well. I'm Chris Phillips, your host of the Spurs Up Show as always, and we have got a packed show for you here on this Thursday. And again, guys, of course, I hope this show does find you well. I'm going to wear you are what you're doing. And this show should sound crisp. It should go smoothly because this is actually my second time doing it as we sit here burning the midnight oil at 12.50 a.m. Eastern time, early Thursday morning. I got about 70% of the way through the podcast only to realize that my software was not recording. So, Yours truly dropping the ball. I don't know if it's because of my blood is pumping so intensely from that game or I am just wearing the slapdick hat. I have no idea, but either way, we are going to run through this one and we'll break things down more in depth on the Daily Crow today and tomorrow, which, of course, guys, we have got tons of content, content bleeding out of the eyeballs as basketball and baseball both overlap each other very excited spring football of course around the corner we're always talking football but really really excited to get a chat with you all of course on tdc we've got jc sherbert joining us today mark ryan is on tomorrow instead of his scheduled day on wednesday so again really exciting and a great way to close out the week uh also guys one quick thing before we really get going and i know i've teased it already before but i'm actually getting new microphones in the mail today the live stream watch-alongs that I have teased to this point will be coming next weekend in the rivalry series and the Gamecocks take on Clem Sucks. Again, more details coming on that. But I think it's going to be a really cool thing for content in regards to bringing you guys even better coverage, You know, being in studio, locked in, plugged in, phone in front of me, MacBook in front of me, what have you. I think it's going to be a really, really cool thing and a great way for us to interact on game days and, again, take our content to the next level. So just stay tuned for what that all entails, all the details. I'm really, really excited what's in the works. But, of course, guys, as you all know, again, like I just mentioned, content bleeding out the eyeballs, and we are rocking, we are rolling. And without further ado, let's go ahead and get into things as South Carolina falls in a heartbreaker last night. The Alabama Crimson tied by a final score of 78-76 to in overtime at the CLA. And let me start here, guys, because I know everybody has an opinion on the Brandon Miller situation. Should he have played? Should he have not? I'm not going to waste my breath on it because here's the bottom line. He did play, and there are some things that I think are really intriguing about the situation. There are some things that, to me, are a bit surprising about the situation. But the bottom line is this. Brandon Miller played, so in regards to us debating of whether he should, whether he shouldn't, it really does not matter. But when you look at that game, um, you know, a valiant effort. And I, I sit here a bit conflicted because South Carolina, you know, I picked you to lose by 27 points. I thought Bama would cover with ease. And so to watch the Gamecocks, my expectations have been at zero all season long, right? But to watch the Gamecocks do what they did, such a valiant effort, you know, so many times in that ball game, so many times I thought Alabama was going to pull away. I thought, oh, this is the moment the Crimson Tide put their foot on the Gamecocks' throat. This is the moment that South Carolina fades away, and, and unfortunately their effort's just not enough. 
and you kept chipping away, chipping away, chipping away, fighting, 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 being resilient. Every time you needed a big shot, you got it. Every time it seemed like you needed a stop, you got it up until the very end. And when I talk my biggest takeaway, guys, from last night is this, and I, I'm really not trying to have garnet-colored glasses or anything like that, but, but I really believe in a game like last night, I think you can take a lot of positives from it. And it being year one, or really I've labeled it year zero, Lamont Paris, I think last night shows, and again, my biggest takeaway is that the foundation is being laid for a bright future under Lamont Paris. I, I really do believe that is a game last night you can look at and say, you know what? There are positive things happening here. It can be done here. I believe in Lamont Paris, and I think you have to give him a lot of credit because, guys, at this time last week, we were questioning has South Carolina men's hoops quit on the season? How much of a difference a week makes? And Lamont Paris, the fact he's been able to rally the troops and get this team to play together and fight until the very end, I think it speaks volumes. I mean, so many guys have big nights. Of course, Gigi Jackson, I thought he took the Brandon Miller storylines, of course, about the who's the best freshman in college basketball. I think he took that a little personally, a fantastic night from him. Uh, Michi Johnson, what he did, I mean, my goodness, some of those shots he was hitting were incredible. And when you talk player of the game, guys, someone I have not mentioned it yet, Jacoby Wright, 18 points, two assists, and a rebound. He was absolutely fantastic. It was an absolute blast watching him in that ball game. And you look, look at what's next for Lamont Paris' squad. Can they build off of this positive performance? This weekend, Saturday, of course, February the 25th, you travel to Knoxville, take on the 11th-ranked Tennessee Volunteers, a 6 o'clock tip-off on the SEC Network. So, again, a heartbreaking game. It, it, it's tough to talk about. Again, guys, I, I'm fresh off the game, recording this right after. Uh, you know, it, it's one in which you had the opportunity. You know, I really thought after that first half, you shot 50, 56%. I felt like, okay, you've played your best ball and you're up by four. This is probably the part in the second half where Alabama, they're going to flex their muscles, show why they're ranked second in the country, and probably pull away. And it just never happened. And I, I, I convinced myself that, you know what? This is about to happen. I mean, it had all the makings, right, of a great upset with Gamecocks hitting these improbable shots and, and some things going your way. And, you know, unfortunately, this was not meant to be. And it was a tough loss. And, uh, you know, obviously a really rough season, year one of Lamont Paris. But I think if you're able to take away and take out some of the emotion, which I know is really, really tough, and, and just look at this thing for what it is, I think what you'll see is that, again, I, I think that while it's really, really rough, in, in Lamont Paris's first season. I do believe that there is a foundation being laid for a very bright future, and I'm excited for what's to come. So, um, again, Gamecocks suffer the overtime loss, but I think a lot of positive can come from it. And uh, South Carolina will have one final opportunity to get a home win in SEC play. That'll come in the final home game of the regular season against the Georgia Bulldogs on March the fourth. So it should be a lot of fun. It'll be very interesting to see if the Gamecocks can get the job done in that one and throughout the rest of this season with just three games remaining. Guys, let's move off the hardwood and onto the diamond. South Carolina hosting the Penn Quakers this weekend in a three-game series at Founders Park Friday at four, Saturday at two, and Sunday at 1:30. Of course, all three games will be aired on SEC Network Plus. The Quakers of the Ivy League and their head coach is John Yurkow. You look at Penn last year, 
33 and 15, 17 and 4 in the Ivy League. And guys, they had an RPI that floated in the high 40s, low 50s. Also, you might recall to open the 2022 season, they took two of three from the Texas A&M Aggies, who ended up in Omaha. Pretty damn good ball club. So, Penn, an actually really solid club. And this should provide a very interesting weekend. Also, guys, to keep in mind, Tomorrow will be Penn's season opener. It'll be opening day for the Quakers as they have not played a game yet, which is really, really interesting. Now, as we break down Penn, we look at their pitching, look at their hitting. We'll start on the mound. A 4.11 staff ERA a season ago, but they did lose some key pieces. Joe Miller, who was all Ivy League, and Kevin East, Ivy League Pitcher of the Year, are departed but they return a very strong starting rotation and here's what the projected rotation as we see it looks like tomorrow afternoon left-handed pitcher owen cody who last year was seven and one with a 2.8 era and guys d1baseball.com is actually picking him to be the pitcher of the year in the ivy league so a pretty damn good one from the left side will go tomorrow on Saturday, Ryan a pitcher Cole Safiro, two and one with a four five seven ERA last season. And then on Sunday, we project it'll be right handed pitcher Danny Heinz, who last year went one and two with a six point seven five ERA. So Cody Safiro Heinz for the Quakers this weekend. When you look at swinging a stick, they were pretty good there as well. Hit three hundred as a team a season ago, guys. They had ten players who were selected to the All-Ivy League team, six of those guys returned. So a really strong nucleus, and that includes across the diamond on the infield. They return everyone, I think, except one player. I think it's their second baseman that is not back. So they are really strong, a veteran group, a veteran team that will come into Columbia looking to win, you know, especially after last year taking down an SEC team. I'm sure they're chomping at the bit to do the same to get this season rolling. When you look at their players to watch for, you got to start with third baseman Wyatt Hensler, who D1Baseball.com has actually picked as the player of the year in the Ivy League in the preseason. And why not, right? He was third team All-American a season ago, hit 383, 14 homers, 53 RBI, and had a 487 on base percentage. You then moved to first baseman Ben Miller last year, hit 337 homers, 42 ribbies, and then catcher Jackson Apple. Anytime, guys, you have your catcher back, it is a very, very big deal. But he hit 346 last year, seven homers, and 29 RBI. So a quality ball club in Penn, and I think we all agree this will be a great opportunity to see how South kind of fares against a little bit better of competition, right? No slight to, to UMass Lowell or Winthrop or, or Queens, if you will, but I do think this will be a step up in regards to competition. So it'll be really interesting to see how South Carolina answers that. And moving into the Yardcocks, of course, it'll be the same rotation with Sanders, Hall, and Mahoney. And when you look at what to watch for for South Carolina, you've got to start just there with the bats. And the question is this, can the Yardcocks keep up their torrid pace offensively? I don't think any of us saw this start coming, swinging the sticks. The Gamecocks have scored double-digit runs in each of their first five games. But let me be clear, guys. When I ask the question of can South Carolina keep up this torrid pace, 
I don't even really mean in regards to scoring double-digit runs or hitting four or five home runs a game because, you know, those are things that realistically are just not going to happen on a day-in, day-out basis, right? Especially when you get an SEC play. I don't think anybody's got this crazy misconception that, well, if the Gamecocks don't score 10 or more runs, you know, fire Mark Kingston, fire Monty Lee, this is just unacceptable. What I more so mean when I pose that question is, can South Carolina continue to carry the approach that they've shown that's been so successful in the first five games as the competition gets better? Do we see the approaches remain consistent? Because to me, guys, what's been most impressive about this offense is their patience and the quality of at-bats and the quality of the approach and a bunch of veteran hitters that are taking these professional ABs, right? And Mark Kingston, to his credit, He's mentioned that multiple times in the job that Monty Lee has done with these hitters. And, you know, you bring in guys in the transfer portal that they've sort of been there, done that. They're not going to be intimidated by anybody they see. I think it's paying off major, major dividends early. So that's more so, guys. And, of course, you know, with that being said, the hits will come. The runs will come. But if you keep that same approach, good things are going to happen, right? You're going to score runs. You're going to win ball games. But at the end of the day, you've got to have that approach because you're not going to score 10 runs a game. Hey, you're going to have some days where you have a good approach, and guess what? That guy on the bump, he's just going to be better than you. Welcome to the SEC and welcome to the best of the best in college baseball. But do we see a group that keeps that same approach, that same consistency in the offensive attack? Or maybe I'm completely wrong, by the way, and South Carolina puts up another, what, 49-run weekend or what have you, but because you could argue, and I, I actually I don't even think it's arguable, there's no hotter group of hitters in the country than what South Carolina is doing right now. So how do the Gamecocks follow up the first five games of the season? Double-digit runs in each of the first five. What do they do as the competition steps up a bit against this Penn Quakers pitching staff? Speaking of pitching and what I'm watching for on the South Carolina side of things, you know, as we sit here early on in non-conference, of course, we're going to nitpick a little. That's sort of what you have to do when you face the likes of, of UMass Lowell and Winthrop and Queens, if you will. You know, you look at the starting pitching last weekend, and I go directly to Will Sanders, right? And it was a start that, you know, Will was solid. The stuff was electric. But I think he'd even admit, you know, he was not as efficient as you like to be, was not as sharp as you like to see him. He was not the Will Sanders that we all know and love. And that was to be expected, actually, guys. If you've been following along, Will Sanders did not pitch in the fall right? Did not pitch last summer, gave his arm a rest, which I think is a positive. But Mark Kingston, again, even admitted that maybe he's a little bit behind some of the other guys. Do we see tomorrow Will Sanders start to come back into the form we know him as, right? Does he come back to be the Will Sanders of old? Does he, does he turn back into, or do we see him uh, be more efficient, right? Not getting into so many, so many, uh, you know, full counts, if you will, and not falling behind hitters and, and being inefficient with his pitch count and stuff like that. I think that's really important uh, because we all know he's got the stuff. He's a big time, you know, first round type of talent, but uh, you know, seeing Will, get back to his dominant self. I think that's what I'm trying to say. So watching him continue to come into form because the Gamecocks are going to, you know, overachieve, you know, win upwards of the high 30s or low 40s even in ball games. Will Sanders has got to be a very, very big part of it. And, of course, he's got high expectations for himself as well. You might recall he said that his goal in the preseason, he wanted to win 12 games. 
this season. So should be a lot of fun. This guy's as competitive as any, and, and I'm excited to see him in his second start because I do think we're going to see a very improved version of Will Sanders from what we saw in his first start. I'm not worried about Will, by the way, but uh, you know, with the rivalry series upcoming next weekend and the SEC play looming, you certainly want the best version of Will Sanders ready and available each and every single Friday night. Speaking of the starting pitching and sticking with that, uh, start number two for Jack Mahoney. That's something I'm looking forward to. And you might say to yourself, Chris, why is that so important, right? And you look at Jack Mahoney and his recovery from Tommy John surgery has not been quite as typical as some others, right? When he started last week, it had been over 600 days since he towed the rubber, 600 days since he pitched. But most guys, when they come back from Tommy John, right, it's it's the thing that seems to be a characteristic is that guys are inconsistent, right? It's one start, you'll be electric, you'll be great, you'll be spotting up, you'll be dotting. And the next weekend, you can't find the zone, right? And it's sort of all over the place. And maybe Velo's inconsistent. I just wonder, are we going to see something similar from Jack Mahoney as he continues? And he's obviously 100% healthy, but as he comes back, from that Tommy John surgery that sidelined him last year, do we see any of that inconsistency show itself? And thus, in turn, may that open up the Sunday role? I don't think it necessarily will, but uh, it'll just be interesting. It's something to keep an eye on because, again, we've seen it before where Tommy John, it's just it's a thing where you get your feel back and you kind of get your feet back under you. So really excited to watch Jack pitch. I mean, the way that he pitched last week was absolutely incredible. And, you know, you love to see it, especially after he had the long layoff. And we're all excited for Jack Mahoney and what he can do. But what does he have in store for start number two, will he have that consistency? Will this not be a thing for him? Because it feels like he's almost had kind of the that extra recovery time, if you will. Or do we see some of those traits of that, that, again, a lot of guys deal with is just some of the inconsistencies of coming off of that injury. Should be really interesting to watch. Uh, something else I'm watching for, guys, and sticking, of course, with the pitching. And it's funny, with this torrid start, I don't even know if we're talking about the pitching enough because the pitching has been absolutely dominant, right? And I know we haven't talked about the midweek results on this show, but, I mean, you look at what South going to did in the midweek, beating Winthrop 19-3, and then, of course, last night you beat Queens 12 to nothing, and you throw the shutout. So the pitching has more than held up there into the bargain. But as you go into this weekend, again, the competition, you know, continues to or takes a step up, if you will. And I already mentioned the guys that Penn brings back from last year six all Ivy League players, you know, and roles are going to continue to take shape on this ball club. And, of course, that is true for the bullpen. Who's your first guy out? Who's your closer? Who's your eighth inning guy, right? If you get into a pressure pack situation, you get into a jam, who's the first guy you go to? You know, as great as the offensive explosion was last weekend, I just don't know that we've really learned that yet because South Carolina hasn't been in a point where it's the sixth or seventh inning and it's a close ball game. And of course, that's a great position to be in. I'm not complaining. And certainly you've got an embarrassment of riches when it comes to your pitching staff and you have so many quality arms. But I'm just really intrigued and curious to see, hey, who's the first guy they go to? Who's the second guy they go to? Is there a guy that's situational for them? Again, who's your closer? Right. What different roles do they put different guys in? I think you'll see the roles start to take shape this weekend. Um, guys, pitching, defense, timely hitting, that is the key to winning games. That is the key to winning championships. Another thing I'm watching for is defensively. Is it another clean weekend? You've been pretty damn solid on the field to this point. 
Do we see that continue? I mean, I've got no complaints. I mean, I think you've seen web gyms all over the place, uh, behind the dish, LeCroy, Messina, they've been fantastic. Wimmer's been great at short. I mean, really, there aren't a whole lot of scenarios that I can think of that, you know, there have been defensive blunders. Do we see that continue? Again, it's not the sexiest thing to talk about. It's not the most attractive thing to discuss, but uh, it's a very, very big deal, especially, guys, after last year, which you had such a tough year in the field. So another clean weekend. You'd love to see that, especially take that the next week as the competition, again, continues to increase and get better. And uh, you go into the rivalry series and continue to build that confidence in the field because, guys, your pitching's already so good. If you have an elite defense behind them, I mean, it's going to make life unbearable in the opposition as they try to crack the code that is your pitching staff. The final thing I'm looking forward to, guys, is this. Ethan Petrie has burst onto the scene early in this season as a standout freshman. Of course, last weekend we saw Dylan Brewer got the start on opening day in right field, then again got the start on Saturday. But since then, they've been trying different guys, and it looks like Ethan Petrie has really found his stride, whether it be at third base, it be in the outfield, it be at DH. Does Petrie solidify himself this weekend as an everyday stick? Because I tell you guys this, there are freshmen, and then there are freshmen that look like Ethan Petrie, and they all don't look like him, right? And I, and I hate to compare him to a guy like a Christian Walker, because Walker's such a legend, right? And so it, maybe it's unfair, but he reminds me of that caliber of player. Like when I watch Ethan Petrie swinging the stick and I watch him uh, built like Grayson Griner, it feels like, swings it like Christian Walker. I mean, this is a dude that's going to be really, really special at South Carolina. And again, we all knew that there was going to be competition between guys like Brewer, Braswell, Madden, Petrie, you know, who's going to be the odd man out. You're going to look for your best nine hitters. That's who you're going to go to on a day-in, day-out, weekend, weekend-out basis. I think Ethan Petrie started to establish himself as one of your best nine sticks, which is obviously going to push Dylan Brewer out, if you will. But, uh, you know, I'm really curious to see what Petrie does this weekend. Can he solidify himself, like I mentioned, as a true freshman, as an everyday guy in this line of a really special talent for sure. Guys, let's move into my key player of the weekend. And I mentioned him earlier, but right in the picture, Will Sanders. I, I think that's the guy. And it's not even so much, guys, about this weekend, but it's about going into the next weekend against the Clem Sucks Tigers and getting closer to SEC play and really getting Will Sanders going right getting that dominant Friday night Will Sanders uh, because again if you're going to have a big time season Will Sanders has got to be a big part of it and, and the dominant side of Will Sanders that again we all know and love so again he wasn't bad last week I want to clarify that too I'm not saying he was bad last week at all but do we see some of the issues that plagued him in that first start the inefficiencies, you know, falling behind guys, getting into full counts, running up the pitch count earlier. They should let him go a little bit longer in this game. I do think we will see Will Sanders return to form, but he is my key player. Really excited to see what he can do in game one of this series, which leads me into my prediction. And guys, like I mentioned, Penn was a very good team last year. And you look at this group, right? You look at the Ivy League by D1Baseball.com. Of course, Columbia is picked to win the Ivy League. They are projected to go to the regionals, go to the postseason. Penn is picked second. And Penn, per D1Baseball.com, 
has the player of the year in Wyatt Hensler and the pitcher of the year in Owen Cody. So to say that the Quakers do not have elite talent would actually be very, very incorrect. With that being said, even with the increase in competition, and I will say this, I don't think you're going to see a couple of 19 to 3 and 22 to 4 and any of those crazy scores you saw over opening weekend. And certainly I do see a scenario in which Penn could steal a game because again, we saw last year they went to College Station and they took 2 of 3 from the Texas A&M Aggies. So they will not be intimidated in this series. However, I'm not going to be the one to pick against this Yardcocks team right now because I tell you this, when you're hot, you're hot. And South Carolina is hotter, I would say, than any team in college baseball, especially offensively. Now, with that being said, I do think this is a step up in competition. And I do think you'll see some closer ball games. I do not think. I think the streak of scoring double-digit runs in games I think that will get snapped. However, I think the approaches will still be good, and I think South Carolina's pitching, the Gamecocks pitching, it's just so dominant. And the way you're swinging it right now, guys, I mean, you're going to get enough. You're getting more than enough from your offense. Your arms, they don't need all the help they're getting. They'll take it, but they don't need it, right? So you can lean on these arms in the non-conference. You can Hell, you can lean on these arms every single weekend, but I think you're pitching – Will do enough. They'll be dominant yet again. I know that Penn has a quality lineup. They've got some quality sticks. I believe in this pitching staff. I believe in this rotation. I think all three guys will give you quality starts. The bullpen is absolutely deep. We've seen that over the first five games. And I do think the sticks will be impressive for sure. I mean, again, when you're hot, you're hot. And the cocks are certainly hot. I think the sticks will be impressive. I, I don't think, again, you're winning games 19-3 to three or what have you. That's just not a reality, and it's not something you can expect to do on a day-in, day-out basis, again, as the competition gets better. But I do think South Carolina right now with the way they're playing. I, I think Penn, when you look at last season, I think something that really helped them in their series win over Texas A&M, that was opening weekend for the Aggies as well. And they had a lot of new pieces from the transfer portal and all these new guys. And they're trying to plug these guys here and there, what have you. That's not the case this weekend, right? The Gamecocks have played five games. They sort of, at this point, it's so early, but know who they are, have immense confidence. And so the pressure's all on Penn to slow down this train. I don't think they'll be able to do it. And again, that is the reason I am picking the Gamecocks, to get the sweep, would it shock me if South kind of dropped the game? No, it would not. Because, again, Penn does have quality talent. But I think, guys, even if the sticks, you know, quiet down, don't have a great weekend, I still trust this pitching staff. And the way that you're playing defense, the way you're spinning the baseball, I, I see no reason why South kind of will not win all three games. So, again, give me the sweep. I do think the Gamecocks will stay perfect. I think they will move to 8-0 and on this season to start, which will set up a really fun week next week as the rivalry series comes into play against the Clemsucks Tigers. So again, lock me in. I got the Gamecocks sweeping, and that's going to do it all for me. Guys, appreciate you all. Thank you all so much. Again, stay tuned for all of our content, content bleeding out of the eyeballs with basketball 
and baseball overlapping. Also, next weekend, guys, not just the rivalry series. We've got the Women's Basketball SEC Tournament in Greenville, in the upstate. Going to be a lot of fun as postseason basketball comes to the forefront. Guys, again, thank you all so much. Appreciate you all tuning in. Have a great rest of your Thursday, and we will talk to you all. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945 on Monday.